0: Welcome to the Fantasy Affair. What is up, my fellow Fantasy Affarians? It's Burke here, Welcome you into the first episode of a new addition to the Fantasy Football Affairs family. This is Cash Crusade with Brian Craighead. Spy is going to focus on the DFS style of playing fantasy football. But before we get into too much of that, I just want Brian to tell us a little bit about himself. How's it going, Brian? I'm
1: good. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing real well.
0: How'd you find
1: us? Well, it's, it's a long story, but I can make it short. Um, first of all, I started, um, I started having kidney issues in uh, 2017. I had a Twitter account for almost 10 years, which I never used. And then all of a sudden I thought I'd like to try to find, I needed to try to find a living donor so they could have a better quality of life. And so I jumped on Twitter and um, there was a guy, there was a guy by the name of Paul Feinbaum that uh, has a nas- nationally syndicated radio talk show on the sec network he encouraged me to tweet my um my flyer over, over to him that that kind of marketed the uh kidney search and i was like well paul i've got twitter but uh i don't know much about it he's like well just tweet it and, and i'll put it on my show so the next thing I you know i'm actually watching the show on the um, sec network and he put my uh he put my flyer on as the final thought so that was pretty neat i mean it, it, it expressed a way that we could um put the flyer out there and then we also did did our first podcast back at the end of february and um there was a lady out in arizona that saw the that heard the podcast and um she came forward reached out to my wife sarah and said i don't know if you're if i'm your blood type but uh, we'd be we'd be um with you the rest of the way you know we'll come to tennessee we'll do all the testing we need to do all of that and uh she turned out she was a match and um on August the 11th, we had successful kidney transplant. And after that, I was trying to figure out what I do next. I mean, I've been working the last three years trying to find a kidney. So what do I do next on Twitter, next thing I know, Matty Daddy, aka Matt Reiser was um, looking for somebody to help him help him with his website. And I said, Well, you know, I do have some podcasting experience, but at the same time, I can do other things. So I started writing three, three articles a week. And this is my first second podcast but first full time podcast. So kind of excited about everything. Yeah, you
0: should be, man. It's outstanding using social media. There's great people everywhere, right?
1: It's great. that is. They it's, got you together. It's amazing how many people out there. There's 113,000 people that are needing native need kidneys. I would just encourage everybody to put themselves out there. Cause there's always, always nice people around. So
0: for sure. And as and everything you do in life. Don't wait. Go get after it, right? Be aggressive. That's fantastic. And that you can find those articles on FFAffairs.com. Uh, I encourage you to check out the website. There's a lot of good things going up, and we're happy to have you, Brian. We're happy you're here tonight. We're going to roll into a little bit of football. What do you do on Sundays?
1: Well, honestly, I do, I do a couple of things. So I'm, I've been in a, in a um, fantasy football league called WellPath for 17 years. Um, I've been lucky enough to win it four times. It's a group of about 12 people. We are 12 people, but we've all been in the league for six years or so at least. And the league itself has been, the league itself has been in existence for 17 years. And I've won four times. So I'm always on my iPhone. I'm double checking the score of that almost religiously, probably every probably too often every every few minutes. I'm, I'm like, OK, so did anybody score any points? How did they score? But then on top of that, I'm, I'm always um, checking out Red Zone because we in terms of our cable, we, we went to Sling some time ago. And it's got you know we have an antenna that gets some of our basic channels. But Red Zone turns out to be the best opportunity for me because I can. You know, I can watch it when it really becomes important inside the 20 yard line. So that way is the best way for me to keep up with my fantasy players. Sure. that's a
0: great way to watch fantasy, too. You watch all those points get scored up, whether they're for you or against you. Uh, I don't do too much red zone. I like to watch the game, but it's definitely something on the side because,
1: you know, you got to see all those big plays, right? How do you score? How do you score? Yeah. The, hey ob- the, the obvious um, right away scores, those are always important. It's like, well, is that against me or for me? So. <laughs> Yeah, sure. and sometimes if you're in multiple leagues it can be both for you and against you so
0: yeah that's the case more and more these days this uh COVID quarantine's got a lot of people and probably a few too many leagues hopefully you're managing well and if you're not that's what dfs is here for so you can take all that information you've learned throughout the course of the year and you can still use it to your advantage you don't have to sit out get on that daily fantasy site uh rap fan duels whatever you like to use and uh you know Keep playing fantasy. Don't let it die. You don't have to wait till, till the next year. I mean, if you play Dynasty like we spoke of uh, the other day, then clearly it never stops. But DFS is just it's such an exciting new way to play, and we're going to be here to try and help you get through the strategies and help you set your lineups, hopefully help you win. And we've got a lot of things coming here with Fantasy Affairs. we got the Rookie Fever, Marriage Mistress, Hot Pie Happy Hour with Maddie Daddy, and, of course, the main pie that drops on Tuesday morning. So. Stay tuned and we're gonna get into this in a minute. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Come here comes the money. All right, well let's hop right into the strategies here. Uh, first of all, you know, what site do you use, Brian, when you play DFS?
1: I'm a big DraftKings supporter, so I use, I use DraftKings. And uh, the main slate that we use um, that, that we'll be talking about in our podcast is the um, both the 1 p.m. And the, and, the, and the 4 p.m. games on Sunday. So we'll not include Thursday night, one includes Sunday night, and one includes Monday night. And for this week, that's a little odd, just in the sense that that on Thursday night you had the Cardinals and Seahawks play, some pretty important teams. Then Sunday night you, had the, you have the Chiefs and Raiders, and Monday night's the Rams. And the and the um, Buccaneers, so it got six pretty good fantasy fantasy squads to, to you know to typically be able to choose from. So our lineups are going to be, look a little bit different this week.
0: Yeah, for sure. No Chiefs, it's going to be weird. Uh, you know, because they're always at the top of the list, so the most expensive. A lot of value plays this week. So as you said on DraftKings, you start off with a fifty thousand dollar budget for nine starters: quarterback, two running backs, three wide receiver, a tight end, a flex, and a defense you you get to pick out of a pool everybody has a specific amount of money that they cost and you have to build a lineup within that $50,000 range you don't have to use all of it most people do right so when you start out there are multiple ways to play DFS there's weekly plays there are uh, heads up stuff like that there's also tournaments and that's what we're going to focus on because there are so many extra people in it smaller buy-in for a larger payout and uh, yeah so when you start building your lineup Brian uh, what position do you start with?
1: Okay, well, keeping in mind that, th- that the salary cap is 50000 you basically need about four players at about 4000 apiece or a total of 16000 so you can kind of leave extra room for the other players, the, the, the better players that you'd like to have at the top. So for me, my first one to look at is defense. I actually, um, you know, typically speaking, I like to spend 3000 or less. You can pay up, of course, if you want to. But for me, it works out best to try to find to find, try to find a potential streamer that you would consider in, in your yearly fantasy league. But uh, so I try to find a defense that I can get for under three thousand dollars. Then after that, uh, I look at tight end because the tight end the tight ends um, minimum salary starts at twenty five hundred. So you can find them between between twenty five and four thousand dollars. You can usually find one or two good tight ends. Um, you can you can also use as you'll see late in a little while. You can also use a tight end as a flex. And um, like I said, tight ends start at $2,500 um, salary. The uh, wide receivers start at 3000 And then the running backs start at 4000 You can use any of those players as your flex player. Sometimes it turns out in terms of value, your tight ends might, might be a good effort because, like I said, they start out a little cheaper. So I try to fill it with that defense, the tight end, and the flex right away. And then the, my fourth thing I try to do, sometimes you'll find a cheap running back like um, – Last week, they, they didn't adjust for Christian McCaffrey's injuries. So you found Mike Davis sitting right at 4,000. So that was kind of those, one of those plays you just had to make. Well, sometimes that doesn't happen. So a lot of times you have to maybe go to wide receiver because the running backs, um, as you'll see in a little bit, the kind of the best running back available this week was about 4,700. So, you know, you might find, it, find your wide receiver. So that's kind of, kind of where I look, look at to start with.
0: That's a great point. And when you feel the flux, it's a PPR league. so. You're going to want somebody with that solid floor and with the upside. So if it is a running back, you're probably typically going to be looking at pass catchers. Uh, there are too many grinders like uh, Henry and, and maybe James Robinson, although he is involved a little bit in the passing game, but are going to be cheap enough. So wide receivers, those pass catching backs, and those tight ends are good flex plays. So after you are while you're building this out, you got to keep it under sixteen thousand. You kind of alluded to it a little bit uh, how you look for the cheap. Um, the cheap value plays because they set their salaries the week prior. So if there's an injury on Sunday, Monday night, they don't adjust it. So Mike Davis, players like that, Mixon's going to miss another game G Bernard, Players like that are going to stand out. But besides that, when you're looking at defenses and tight ends and those flex on a week where there isn't a value play, how do you break that down? How do you find the, the value?
1: Honestly, I, I start at the bottom of the list um, for, for both the, you know, for the defense as a tight ends, I always start at the bottom because every once in a while, like you said, like a Mike Davis, uh, this time there was a Salvon Salvan Ahmed at 4,700. We know he was, he wound up being the starter for the dolphins last week and he's likely to be the starter again. He was at 4,700. So I just start down at the bottom. Sometimes it's players actually at the very bottom that haven't played all year uh, that are currently injured. So you really got to, you've kind of got to sort through them pretty good, but that's the best way to start is just look at the bottom and scroll your way up because DraftKings sorts everything from the most expensive salary down, down to the least expensive salary. So of course, like Christian McCaffrey is still on the database, even though we know he's not going to play this week. So I just kind of start on, on the flex, the tight end, the wide receiver, and the defense towards the bottom, um, find matchups that I like and um and, and do it that way to adjust to try to get to the, as close to that sixteen thousand as I can get.
0: Yeah, as far as those matchups, um, you know, how do you break down a good matchup? Do you look at the defense against do you look at a specific position? Maybe you look at implied totals. How do you, how do you uh, break down what is a good matchup and
1: what is not? Well, for me, and this is also important when, when you're going to the website, FFAffair.com, I write a, um, I write a weekly start-sit article, and I use two basic factors for this. Number one is the fantasy points that each NFL defense gives up to each, each skill position. So how many points do they give up to the quarterbacks? How many do the do, do the running backs, wide receivers, tight ends? I, I go through all that. And then i also do what's called an implied total. And as an example, um, so let's say that the Raiders and Chiefs are playing um, this Sunday night, which they are. The over-under for that game was 56 points, but but the uh, Chiefs were an eight-point favorite. So to me, that simply says that the Chiefs are expected to score 32 points, whereas the Raiders are expected to score 24. So you add your 32 and your 24 together to get the 56 over-under. And so for me, I would much rather have players that are that are around 30, you know, expected to score 32 points on, on their team as opposed to the 24 for the Raiders. So like this week, there was 12 teams that are expected to score 25 or more. So I look for players on, the, on those teams as, as my best players to choose from. So I kind of I limit my well, like like the Jets. I mean, nothing, nothing personal against the Jets, but like they're only expected to score 18 points this week. So I'm going to try my best unless it's an absolute basement bargain. To keep away from the Jets this week and most weeks, so for sure you're gonna you're gonna hear us talk
0: about implied totals a lot. And he just broke that down beautifully. You take the projected totals from Vegas. There are multiple websites that cover that. You take the, uh, the projected total. Say it's 56 for the Chiefs and and the Oakland Raiders. I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. They moved for some reason. And uh, then you look at the team that's projected to win. So the spread, and you take that the spread along with the projected total to find out the implied scoring totals for one specific team. So if the over-under in a game is 50, but it's the Chiefs and the Jets, and the Chiefs are going to score 40, uh, you're not going to want Jets even though it's going to be a high-scoring game. All right, well, let's get right into the meat, man. How do you pick out those guys you're going to pay up for?
1: Well, once again, it's the same two factors for me. Um, I always look for the fantasy points that that the opposing defense gives up, and also the implied total. Uh, as you'll see, in, see an example. I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and spill a little bit of the beans now. But like Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, um, this weekend is going against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys give up a great amount of points to the opposing running backs. So I just, I went even though we had to pay up a little bit for Dalvin, he was nine thousand um, this week. I went ahead and chose him because number one, the Vikings were expected to score twenty-seven points, and number two, the Cowboys give up a ton of points. So. Uh, that's just that just works out well for me and then the other thing that was kind of odd uh, at least on the running back slate is there are sometimes like great running backs like Derrick Henry you'll think well you know he's he's going to just go off this week well he's actually playing against the ravens and ravens don't give up many points so i try to kind of fade those players and and use the ones that have better matchups so
0: yeah it's very well said that's it's a big part of this you're going to look off the applied odds the applied totals uh, and when when you're paying up, you want to make sure that you'll pay up for somebody in a really uh, tough situation or in a tough lineup. Um, and then uh, after you fill those in, you're you're generally going to have one or two more spots because you, you paid up for your top running back or your top wide receiver, and then uh, you have your three or four cheap plays, your tight end, your flex, your defense. So when you're figuring out to, how to fill that last that last spot, what's the best way for you to go about it? Do you, do you just well, stick me. with the? Go ahead. Now you go ahead. It's just going to set you up. Do you just stick with the best available? Uh, do you look to go a little contrarian? Like you mentioned Henry, right? He's playing, he's playing the Ravens. We're going to play in a tournament setting. So he probably will be owned in less lineups than you would expect for somebody of his caliber. So do you look to go contrarian? Do you look for his best available? Or do you do that strategy called comebackers?
1: Yeah. um, I, I'll actually look to look to go contrarian to the best of my ability. Because like you said, these tournaments – are really large and so you've got to have a few plays that are kind of contrarian or or different than everybody else's but then also it's a perfect time like you'll see in my lineup here in a little bit i like to go for combos um I, i like to have the same quarterback same wide receiver um on the same team if at all possible i look at i look number one i look at my quarterback and say okay has he got a good matchup and if he does then i'll look for possibly maybe maybe it's a running back but a lot of times it'll be either wide receiver or tight end that I can pair along with him. So like I said, it's uh, if, if I didn't find that cheap tight end earlier, I'll, I'll, I'll do the combination with the quarterback, but a lot of times it's wide receiver and quarterback. And sometimes you'll throw in a running back too, depending on their matchup. So.
0: Sure. And depending on the team, some, some quarterbacks tend to check it down. Some run a scheme like the Ravens is very specific that the quarterback having a good day opens up running lanes and, it's an, it's important to talk about those stacks because when you're playing year long, you want to eliminate some of the variants. So you might not want to have too many people on the same team. Clearly if you have chiefs or one of those high scoring teams, you just, you set them and forget them. But you know, when you're playing DFS, you want to have the least amount of plays necessary to get the most amount of points. So if you can stack your quarterback with his number one wide receiver for a decent price, it's a great way to double up on points and, and uh, secure a win based on less plays, but, but more action. That's, mentioned-
1: the one, that's the one nice thing about DFS. You can actually, you can, unlike your seasonal lineup, which, you know, you drafted back in August and you, you know, a lot of times you got to play the player regardless of matchup this, this one, you got 11 games that you can, you can, you can pick and choose from Next this week. You might pick a certain number of players on one team and next week. Like for instance, I like the Steelers this week. Next week, I know they playing the Ravens, so I'm not going to probably like the Steelers as much next week. So it's a nice thing. You get to just choose any, pick and choose any way you want to. So,
0: Yeah, like, you, like we said earlier, it's a great way to use all that information you've gathered. It's, it's too late. You're not going to be able to go draft James Robinson in, in the fifth round anymore, right? But you can in DFS. You can go get him at a decent price as long as you can fit him into your lineup. Uh, I mentioned comebackers. I just want to touch on that real quick. If you have a high implied total, and the other team is going to be trailing, even if they're a lesser team, even if it's the Jets, somebody's gonna score. And a lot of times I like to use somebody on the opposing team when they're in catch up or garbage time to try and scoop some of those points uh, on the back end. So if I I, I like to key out a specific game or two, uh, that's one strategy, it's high risk, it's high reward because if if the game doesn't go like you think, you're gonna be out, but only one person can win and we play for the top. So we're gonna get into building our lineup here in a second. Is there anything else you want to you want to throw on it as far as strategies?
1: Yeah, that that comeback you mentioned, um, that's that's a great strategy. I uh, like like I said, I'm a Steelers Steelers picker this this week, but James Robinson would be an example of of, of a comeback player. You know, one nice thing about Robinson, he d- he does catch some passes out of the backfield, so he he doesn't come off the field when when they're trailing. So that's kind of a nice thing. You could you could come back with James Robinson. He'd be a perfect pick if you can fit him fit him in salary wise. So.
0: Yeah, and Chenault's out, so Chark is an obvious play. Uh, but that's going to be popular. And then a little sleeper just on that game, in specific Tyler Eifert, the tight end. He's, he's going to be dirt cheap. And he's got as much tight, uh, touchdown and reception and target you know, equities. Anybody
1: else? All right, man, let's get into
0: building our lineup here. Um, why, why don't you go ahead and start us off here and uh, run through your lineup and why you did it from the ground up, and then and I'll just name mine.
1: Okay, that sounds great. Um. So like I said, this week I happen to be a Steelers fan. Um, I'm actually a Steelers fan in in person, but I don't typically use them in in DFS, but in this particular case I did. So I decided that I wanted to go with Big Ben, who's at $6,700. The uh, Jaguars give up the third most fantasy points and the implied total was 28. And kind of like we said about, about the combos, I said, well, you know, Big Ben, the, who can I go with with him? So I wanted to go with a pair of wide receivers for their team. I went with Deontay Johnson and also Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, price-wise, that fit in better for me. Um, ob- obviously, there were other choices I could have made as well with the Steelers, like Claypool, but I decided those that, that would be my combination. Um, one thing I like about uh, Johnson is his upside. He scored uh, 14 points. In four of his last six that in four of the six games he's finished this year he scored more than 14 fantasy points so I really like that and then juju Smith Schuster has obviously been pretty hot over the last few games so I went ahead, I went ahead and brought him in as well um, Johnson was at 5900 Smith Schuster was at 6400 so that both fit in my salary well and then um, the one nice thing uh, after that I decided that my two running backs would be Dalvin Cook He's, his salary is 9,000 this week. He's playing the Cowboys who give up the 11th most fantasy points and uh, the implied total for the Vikings is 27. And then I also wanted to uh, kick in Mike Davis. Uh, he's at $6,800. Um, he's been, he was a little bit disappointing last week, but he's got a great matchup against the lions this weekend. They actually give it the most fantasy points to any run to all running backs. And the Panthers' implied total is 23. So I thought, I thought he'd be a great comeback player. So that's kind of how I built the top of my lineup. And then the bottom of my lineup, like we kind of talked about earlier, trying to find some inexpensive players. I, uh, I chose uh, Jalen Rager uh, for the Eagles at 4,300. Um, uh, the, the Browns actually give up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers. And over the last two weeks, he's actually combined for 13 targets. So he, he's kind of a great upside play. And then, um, like I mentioned earlier, um, tight ends can, can be used as your flex. So I actually used T.J. Hawkinson at $4,200 as my tight end and kicked that back with Dallas Goddard at $3,800. Um, both the, uh, the Panthers, who the Lions are playing, and also the Browns, who the Eagles are playing, they both give up a lot of, a lot of fantasy points. Um, the Panthers actually give up the 12th most. And the Eagles actually give the 13th most – excuse me, the Browns actually give the 13th most fantasy points to tight ends. So both those seem to be really good options. And finally, like I said, I try to find an inexpensive defense. And so my option this week was the Eagles at 2,800. Um, I did consider other defenses, but the Eagles actually give up the 13th fewest fantasy points to running backs. And, of course, we all know that the Browns love to use Chubb and also Hunt so I would like to put it on Baker Mayfield's arm to see if he can actually produce or not. So that's kind of how I built my lineup.
0: Sure, man. I just want to highlight a few things. You paid off for Big Ben. That, that was kind of an expensive role. There's only three quarterbacks with a higher salary than the 6700 He's priced that. When you do that, you're going to want a stack for sure because you're going to put you know, your, your stake on Pittsburgh, tearing it up. Now, last week they were ahead the whole game, and yet he still attempted 40, 42 passes, something like that. They just kept airing it out. Juju's the underneath. Deontay Johnson can theoretically get those over the top. So you got the one and the two. So that's a great play. You uh, also paid up for Dalvin Cook. He's the most consistent running back, I think, on the board. He's got 15 points as his minimum. Davis against um, Carolina paired with TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson's price and Davis both should have risen. CMC is ruled out, but again, they don't adjust the salary. Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift are also ruled out, which opens up a ton of targets for TJ. And again, they don't adjust salary, and you get a little comeback in that. So it's it's really nice to play, especially that Eagles that defense. It's it's tough when you're uh, picking a defense because they're all kind of ugly, and you want to make sure that there's a rhyme to the reason. And like you said, the uh, Browns running a ton, and they're good at stopping that. So they're going to face Baker to throw. They're going to force Baker to throw. OBJ is out. You got. Landry, and then some lesser-known names, right? Maybe Austin Hooper would have been a decent play this week, but uh, yeah, I like the lineup. I like the upside, and uh, yeah, I like how you went about it. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into mine, and then I'm going to ask your thoughts on it. I started cheap. I started with the tight end position. I went with Logan Thomas. This is really more about price point than anything else. I really wanted to get TJ in there. I just didn't have enough money. Um, As the game goes on, this is my comeback or two. I think that the Washington football team and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to have a higher scoring game than expected. I don't think either one of those teams is all that dominant. And uh, I watched Washington at length last year play. I mean, last week play Detroit, and there was a lot of open wide receivers running down the field. Uh, unfortunately, we missed a couple of them because Cephas doesn't want to run around. But that's that's time for another another game. Uh, as far as Washington, McLaurin is going to force the Cincinnati Bengals to keep a high safety, to keep them from going deep. And they're going to, if they watch the tape, they're going to want to take away the flats because the dump offs to Gibson, and especially McKissick, you know, that that's the scheme that Alex Smith and Washington likes to run. So if you push a high safety up and you push those linebackers out and that other safety down to take away the flats, it's really going to open up the middle of the field. Cam Sims may have a couple big plays, but, I really thought that the last man standing outside of Gibson, McKissick, and Terry is Logan Thomas. He's going to need a touchdown, but when you're picking tight ends at the bottom, most of them do. Uh, from then, I moved on to the, the Dolphins' defense. They've been on a tear. They're playing the Denver Broncos. Gulak is banged up. Uh, he may or may not start. If he doesn't, I like it. If he does, I, I don't really mind it. Now, they're going to play main coverage. They run uh, the 21st as far as cover one and fifth. And they're not in the top five as far, or they are fifth as far as cover three. Cover one and cover three look a lot alike pre snap And if you go to main coverage, whether it's one, two, or three, cover three is mo- mostly zone, but you're not going to know if it's man or zone. Those corners are going to take away his options on the outside that are either inexperienced due to youth, that's Jerry Judy, or it's Tim Patrick, where he's just not a world leader. It's going to open up a little bit of fan. I expect him at a nice game, but you know, it only takes one bad read by Drew Locke to turn it into a turnover. You want those sacks, you want those turnovers, you want those touchdowns on defense. I think they got a great shot at putting up uh, possibly uh, defense and special teams number one, but definitely yeah, it's a top-ten play, and it's at a reasonable price. Then I went for my flex, because we like to keep it cheap for those first three or four. I went with Gio Bernard. Uh, this goes into a sack that I'll get into later. I thought about playing Hines here because he went off last week, but I think a lot of people are going to be on him. Gio's had a couple of Good games, followed by a, a little bit of a bad one against Pittsburgh. Uh, he tore up Cleveland and Tennessee, though. So even though he didn't have a ton of touches last week on the ground, he did get set up targets. And Washington just got shredded by uh, DeAndre Swift. Behind Gio Bernard is uh, Samaje Pirine. I expect him to smash in the line of scrimmage and take away that ground and pound game. Wear down the defense a little bit, which means that Gio, with his sixty to seventy percent snap share, will be in there for the higher equity plays, more of the third downs, more of the passes, and uh, you know if they are lucky enough to get in the red zone, uh, I, I think that uh, he's got a really good chance of scoring. Washington is twenty-first against the run; they are first against the pass, but they're twenty-first against the run, and I'm not expecting a ton out of pass catchers in Washington. I mean, in um, for Joe Burrow and company, except off volume, so. I think GL will get plenty of check downs. Then I went to Mike Davis. I think he pretty much covered it. Detroit ranks 30th against the run, giving up 141.6 per game. Teddy's a little banged up. It's his lead. Uh, they're going to want to have less pass attempts. They're going to want to try and take the game away. Detroit's also banged up. I think Mike Davis is a smash play, merely because Christian McCaffrey is out and they have not um, adjusted his salary. I thought about going hunt here, um, but the fact that Mike Davis is all alone he should be huge, and, and the fact that he's coming off a couple of bad games, he should be lower percentage owned than you would expect. I did spend up for Dalvin Cook as my second running back. As I mentioned, uh, he's, his lowest point total is 15 on the season, his highest is clearly through the roof. He had about 535 total yards in two games coming in last week where they played the Bears. This week they played Dallas. Dallas is, is a little bit worse than Detroit against the run, I expect early and often used for Dalvin Cook, and he's got that weak winning ability in season long. He has a tournament winning ability here because he has that solid floor. When you're paying up, you don't want to have a, you want to have a solid floor, high floor, and a high upside because you don't want to get burned, right? Then I went to address the wide receiver position. with T. Higgins. I have Joe Burrow as my quarterback. I'll get him in a second. I went with T. Higgins to set. I think, again, this game is going to be a little bit higher scoring than expected. He's got a solid floor since week two where he became a starter. You know, he's he's been on quite a tear. He's got a couple hundred yard gains under his belt as a rookie. AJ Green is still out there. You're hoping he draws the coverage. And Joe simply just throws it early and often and Higgins is his favorite target. So it's Higgins or Boyd. I went with T Higgins for the touchdown and big play capability. So it only takes a couple of plays, but I, I do like his floor based off targets. And I think this is the game to watch. I had Joe Burrow as my quarterback. He comes in at $5,500. And um, for the quarterbacks in that range, I just thought he was an insane value. He dropped because he had a couple tough games. He's a rookie that's growing pains, but he's playing Washington. Washington is an outstanding pass defense, which means he's going to have a lower percentage of ownership. right? But for $5,500, the names down there, Philip Rivers, Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke, Gardner Minshew is at 53 So, when, I, when I'm looking for a value play, and I can get it at quarterback, and it's a hot shot rookie that throws the ball 40, 50 times in a game, uh, it's just too good to pass up, right? Then I paired him with T. Higgins as well as Geo, and then um, so that's my quarterback, my two wide receivers, my two running backs, my flex, my tight end, and my defense. So I got two more spots. I'm looking to get that wide receiver one in my lineup for a decent price. I went with Amari Cooper here. Uh, which is another comebacker for the Dalton pick, pick, all right? Andy Dalton should be coming back
1: to the offense.
0: He He's heavily on his number one, this, especially his first read. And Amari is open more often than not. Perhaps it's not always a big play, but he gets 10, 11 targets or more. Uh, he's going to catch most of them. And the Vikings, although they've been, they've been okay the last few weeks, their cornerbacks are a joke, man. Like when I read through the depth chart, I, I don't know who most of these people are. Okay, so you put them against a top top end wide receiver like Kamari Cooper. I think he's going to have his way with them. You expect them to be losing most of the game. Um, so the, the game script is positive. Dalton loves him. He's, a, he's an outstanding wide receiver, and he comes in at 5,400, which is just way too cheap for somebody of that caliber. I look back to week six against Arizona when he had Patrick Peterson as his shadow. He had 10 targets, seven catches, 79 yards, and a score in this game. Patrick Peterson does not play for the Vikings. So I expect a big one there. So last one, I'm looking at $5,200. I'm scrolling through. I'm looking for a value play that's a little lesser owned, uh, still has a nice floor to high upside. And Brandon Cooks. I expect Will Fuller to get the Gilmore shadow. That leaves Cooks as a big play wide receiver um, that, that has the better matchup, right? Deshaun Watson is on a great tear. He's playing phenomenal this year. He failed to break 250 for the first time last week which is gonna lower his his ownership and it's gonna lower his price a little bit. But if anybody saw that game against the Browns, it was it was really the, uh, the weather that, that took away the passing game. He really didn't have much of an option. And even in that, um, he had eight catches and six, eight, eight targets and six receptions for Brandon Cooks last week. So the last five weeks, he had 12 targets, nine, 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 and then eight targets. So he's getting those looks underneath we know he's a big play guy, and considering the matchup, I just think that for the value of 5,200, he's he's that guy that's going to keep me in it and allow Joe and company and Cooper and Dalvin Cook to put me over the top. So that's how I built mine from the bottom up, starting with the defense and the tight end and the flex play for cheap and paying up on a couple spots for Dalvin Cook and uh, Mike Davis, and then I, I went for the value with Cooper and T. Higgins and Cooks and Burrow what are your thoughts
1: on that brian i actually like your lineup i uh so i chose um earlier tonight i created what i want to call pivot players um one thing one thing that's important for um, people that are new to this to, to recognize the only thing that you have to do is you have a maximum salary cap of fifty thousand. you just have to keep it under that how do you get there you can, you can use a variety of ways. We'll, we'll, we'll give you our suggestions, but the nice thing about it is you can be creative and do your own, do your own thing. So out of, out of those, I chose 13 pivot players and out of those 13 pivot players, you had several um, that were actually part of my, part of my pivot players. Um, Gio Bernard was one. Um, You mentioned Naheem Hines, even though you didn't choose him, Amari Cooper, Logan Thomas, I had all those as, as part of my 13, 13 pivot players. And I, I really love the uh I really love the combination that you did with uh, Burrow, Geo, and and Higgins. I think I think that's a really good idea. And in regards to the Dolphins defense, I actually picked them up in my seasonal league last week. Uh they went off against the Chargers and they're getting ready to probably have a really big week against the Broncos because at this point in time the Broncos are a little uncertain about their quarterback availability. With Drew Locke, he's kind of injured. So we don't know for sure if he'll play. So I think that's an outstanding group. So
0: yeah, man. Let's get into those pivot players that you just mentioned. Why don't we run through a few? You said you had thirteen. Why not you run through your list and I'll follow up with mine. Be sure if you if you got the prices there, throw them out uh, and say
1: why it's a good matchup for. Okay. Now, once again, um, kind, kind of kind of going back to the uh, implied point totals and also the fantasy points against. That's kind of the basis for for my argument for most of them. Um, but it, but I, I I kind of broke them out in a position. Um, like you said, I paid up a little bit for Big Ben. Well, Herb, um, Herbert's sitting there at 6,700 as well, so I could have chose him. Uh, the Jets actually give up the fourth most fantasy points to uh, quarterbacks, and the implied total was 28. So, you know, Big Ben was actually just a personal preference, but you could have just gone with Herbert just as easy. And the other one I really like um, at quarterback this week is, is Matt Ryan. He's at 6,300. Um, you know, the Saints are a little uncertain about their quarterback. Um, as of today, they weren't sure – if they if they were going to going to start Jameis Winston or not, um, they're they taste some hell. Jameis Winston they, they they really don't seem to know, but I still think the Saints will score points at home. So I think I think that it'll be a highly competitive game. Ryan will have to have to pass a lot. Um, the Saints give the 17th most fantasy points, and um, the uh, Falcons are still expected to score 26. So they're expecting a pretty high scoring game. So those are my quarterbacks that 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 I like, and then. Like, like I said, a couple of my running backs, you, you've mentioned, Hines as well as Bernard. But another thing people should always keep in mind is that um, a lot of times you can get value for running backs that are newly found starters, maybe people that we'd never even dreamed that would be that good. But like uh, Damian Harris, he's at the 5,700. He had over 100 yards rushing last week um, against a against very tough Ravens defense. So, you know, he could be a good play. Um, Kalen Balazs. Like I said, one of those guys you never really expected anything from. Um, two years ago, he was called one of the worst running backs in the league. Now, now over the last two weeks, he scored at least 15 fantasy points in both. And his price tag is 5,600. So, I mean, he's he's solid as well. And, and then against the
0: Jets, which is a very positive game script, you expect them to run him over. And like you said, anybody in that offense has been thriving. So, Pelage is a good one. What's up next?
1: And then I mentioned one other guy that uh, that, you know, it's, it's, it's a dark play, but, I mean, he had a rate of yards rushing last week, so he's got to have some talent. And uh, Sal, Salvan um, uh, Ahmed out of, the, out of the Miami Dolphins, he, uh, he was kind of surprising last week. Um, the Broncos give it the 14th most fantasy points, and they're in, and the Dolphins' implied total is 24, and he's only $4,700 in salary. So in terms of the cheapest starting running backs or likely starting running backs that you can pull from, I'd say Ahmed may maybe the best option at 4,700, so he's def- definitely worth looking at. And then um, at receiver, besides Amari Cooper, like you mentioned, the other one I liked is Jacoby Myers at 4,900. He's actually become the Patriots' number one wide receiver over the last few weeks, and the Texans actually give up the 11th most fantasy points, and the implied total for the Patriots is 25. So those are kind of my plays. And then My tight end that I had written down, you, you've got him in your lineup, Logan Thomas, so he, like you said, he was at $3,300. Matchup's outstanding against the Bengals, so he just seemed like a perfect play. So that's kind of my pivot players for the week.
0: Yeah, we had very similar lists, man. I, re- I really like it. is uh, my highest. I tried to get those people that could fill the flex uh, for Chiefs. So I'm going to run through them here. Uh, with Swift and Kenny, got, oh, I'll do that last. So let's start with Michael Pittman, okay, coming off his breakout game, he's going against the Packers. We don't know what's up with Jonathan Taylor. And he, he seems like the best running back there. They're going to rotate him through. Uh, Philip Rivers likes to spread the ball around there, but Pittman or uh, T.Y. Hilton, somebody's got to catch the ball, and I like Mike here. He's at 4,500. Going down to the next one, we got, uh got Pirine is at 4,400. Now, that's, that's a terrible team. He plays for the Jets, but he's very rarely going to be owned, so if he does put up the 15 points, what we're hoping for Balazs and get him for cheaper and less people own him, it's a big win. Jalen Rager at 4,300 coming into his own. There's opportunity there. Wentz has got to throw to somebody expecting to pull his head out of his butt at some point. Uh, Rashard Perriman at 4,300, another jet. So they're going to be losing. The game script is positive. Nobody's going to pick up Perriman on their lineup. So if he has one of those games like he had with Tampa Bay or if he has another two-touchdown game, he can really just catapult you into the higher echelon of the payouts. And uh, the last one's the ugly one. Well, I got two more. The last one's the ugly one, though. No, it's Jonathan Williams. He plays for the Detroit Lions, just signed, right? Kenny's out, Uh, Swift is out, and uh, he had a few good games for the Colts last week. He's at 4,000, which is, I believe, the minimum. Uh, It's an ugly play, but if he gets all those touches, you got Adrian Peterson, you got Keryon Johnson, you expect him to go the other way, but if anybody knows anything about Patricia, uh, he doesn't doesn't play the, the game by the book, man. So Jonathan Williams against the Carolina Panthers defense, which just routinely gets shredded, I would not be shocked if he put up double-digit fantasy points. It is definitely a Hail Mary. But a lot of those flex plays, like we said, are a little bit contrarian. We're going to want to go down the list because if it hits, it can help you win the tournament. If you and 4,000 people out of 100,000 had Giovanni Bernard playing and Gio goes off, it makes you one out of 4,000. If you're the only one with a pyramid or a P. Ryan or a Jonathan Williams, then it makes you the one out of the 100. Uh, and the last one is the defense, getting cheap. I'm going with Atlanta's defense. Uh, Taysom Hill really needed to be mentioned here because of the, the injury to Drew Brees, Jameis Wilson. In the reports, he's not going to be a part of any sort of offensive packaging. I don't know what to see out of Taysom Hill. I think he's a hot name. I think he's going to get mentioned on Ford Center over and over and over again. So I don't think he get the right uh, ownership share. I think too many people will try him trust him in. So I don't like him, but Atlanta playing against him or if he gets pulled, Jameis, you got to love that. And then his defense is going to get shredded. But again, you're going in that unknown. You know, how many times can you throw it? Can he get the ball to Michael Thomas? Can he get the ball to Alvin Kamara? He has like 20 pass attempts on his career. So I don't hate it. I don't love it. But when you're doing those desperation plays, like I just mentioned, you want to be the one, not one of however many. So that's my little uh, pivot plays. They're a little gross, but that's that's what you get with pivot plays, right?
1: That's it. And the one nice thing about it, if, if if Winston was so great last week, I don't believe they would have would have even considered Hill. But I think he was six of ten for sixty yards in the whole second half. So yeah, I mean, he threw that, a pick
0: that they dropped. He threw it right to the other team. So I
1: don't I don't think it really matters who the Falcons are going to play. I mean, neither one of them is pretty. So
0: yeah. All right, man. Are there any uh, games that you're looking to watch this week that you want to key on? I clearly mentioned that Washington and Cincy was a good one. Vikings playing the Cowboys. I think that's going to be a little higher scoring. Are there any games that you are circling on the uh, on the gauntlet?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like the Fal- the Falcons Saints. I'm I'm big on the Packers and Colts. I think that could, that could be a very high scoring affair. Um, I mean, those are probably my two high, two um two games I view the highest in regard in regards to fantasy points this weekend. Sure.
0: Are there any matchups that you're avoiding or going after, whether it's a linebacker on a tight end or most popular cornerback trying to take away a wide receiver? Is there anybody you're intentionally avoiding because of that?
1: Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. One, you always hate to to completely avoid them, but some of your best running backs have really bad matchups this week. Um, Travis Henry against the Ravens, for one. Um there's several, several other top-tier top running backs that you would think should be great. But another example was Aaron Jones against the Colts. Colts' run defense has just been great. Aaron, Aaron can still get some passes out of the backfield, but at the same time, the Colts' defense has just stuffed the run. So he's going to have to have to earn it out of the backfield. And like I said, this just seems like a, a really weird week for your, like your top-heavy running backs. Um, even Kamara, like you said, against those Falcons – that's a little stingy as well against, against running back. So they're kind of a surprise team. The Falcons are, but you never can tell with, with a new quarterback. I mean, you got to assume Camaro get the ball a ton out of the, I, I don't know, in, in the receiving outlet, but in regard against, against the run defense, he might not, you know, last week he was kind of down, not sure he's going to be great this week either. So. Yeah. He's going to need
0: those receptions. And because Atlanta knows that that's what they're going to want to do, you expect them to come close to the line of scrimmage. You expect some deep shots, Michael Thomas, um, He's very capable at that. He doesn't have to with Drew Brees, but that's not really his forte on his career. So who's going to take the deep shots? Maybe Jared Cook, uh, Traquan Smith, Emmanuel Sanders. None of them are going to make the defense scared, so they're really going to key on Kamara. I love that you brought up Aaron Jones there. Uh, He's definitely a fade for me because Darius Leonard may be the most dominant linebacker in the NFL, and he fuels that Colts defense. And the Colts are going to try and possess the ball for a long time. They're going to try and keep out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are going to do something similar. So it's going to be an interesting game. I actually think that's going to be lower scoring. I love that you think that's going to be higher scoring because that's contrarian. That's how you win a tournament because people think one way and you go the other way. Those are great. I I got some quarterbacks here. Cornerbacks, the only one I really have is – well, I got two. I got Lattimore on Julio. I expect him to shadow Julio. He steps up in the big games. Calvin really could have a good day. Uh, The tight end there hurts – and then Darius Slay against Jarvis. It's really interesting to see if the um, the Eagles choose to use Dar- Darius Slay as a shadow. And I think they will simply because Jarvis is it. But Jarvis likes to move into the slot. So if Slay shadows him, I'm and Jarvis, but they can be creative. And then I think if you take Jarvis Landry away and you shore up against that rushing defense, I think that the Eagles have a really good shot to win. The problem is that Carson Wentz has to find a way to put points on the board in a bad situation. I mean, I want to get into to a few uh, side bets right before we get out of here. Are there any, are there any bets that you think are a, uh, a smash or at least looking into or perhaps a few that you would parlay this week?
1: Yeah, you know, I picked five games that I, wanted to, that I kind of wanted to bet against the spread with. Um, so I'll briefly go over those. I took the Ravens minus five versus the Titans. One thing that uh, kind of stood out is the Titans are 0 3 against the spread on the road. So to me, that just seemed like an obvious pick. Um, my my second one was the Steelers minus 10 and a half at the Jags. The, the Steelers are actually 6 and 1 against the spread their last seven, and they're 3 and 1 on the road for the entire season. So those numbers sound great against the team that's won what one game. I guess they won the first game of the year and they've lost eight in a row. So to me, that kind of seemed obvious. Um, my next one is the Dolphins minus three and a half at the Broncos. My, Miami's actually won five straight games, which most people wouldn't know, and they're actually five and zero oh against the spread in the in that five game stretch. So that just seems like a um, you know, and for the season, they're also seven and two against the spread overall. So that's another one I pick. I like um, the Packers plus two at the Colts. The Packers are actually four and one against the spread on the road this year. The Colts are always a competitive team. But I feel, like the, I feel like the Packers will keep, will find a way to keep that game close. And so I'll definitely take them plus two. And then my last one is the Monday night special. It's the Rams plus four um, at the Bucks. The most interesting stat about that is the last seven games that the Bucks and Packers have played, excuse me, the Bucks and Rams have played, the Rams are actually 6-1 against the spread versus the Bucs. So that's one of those stats that just kind of stand out there. So once again, that's going to be the Rams plus four at the Bucks on Monday night.
0: Yeah you man, know, those are great picks. Those are great picks. I got um, Detroit is favored against Carolina. See,
1: everything changed
0: when these um, when these injuries started coming out. But I'm going to take. Uh, I think Carolina has a chance to beat Detroit, even though I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I, I would take Carolina in that one. And I think New England has a real shot at upsetting Houston. Uh, but besides those two, man, most of them are pretty close. Vegas knows what they're doing. So I, I love your five. Uh, you know, and I want to wrap us up here by bringing up. The other the other things we got going at the Fantasy Affair family. We got rookie fever, we got marriage and mistress, we got hot by happy hour, and we got the recurring pod uh, that drops this Tuesday. So check your DFS lineups, you know, check out the website, ffaffairs.com. And before we get out of here, Brian, where can they find you?
1: They can find me at Nashville Husband Needs a Kidney at Twitter.
0: Yes, please hit up Brian. He's great at start says. Check out his articles, check out Britt Sanders. You know, check out Johnny Slokes making our website look prettier and prettier day by day. And, of course, our fearless leader, Matty Daddy, always bringing the fire. So you can find me at Eric Berkholder6 on Twitter. Uh, Get at me for anything and everything, guys. Thanks for listening.